podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another episode of Bosco's Boys. Weirdly enough, uh, you know, you, you kind of go back and you you look at uh, the history, and, and you look at kind of mid to late July uh, in the past. Typically, stuff has like kind of gone down, like some breaking news has happened, uh, you know, in the last handful of years. Um not necessarily the case, uh, you know, at, at this point in the year. Um, we're going to have multiple shows this week, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but I did want to get an episode out to talk about the Big 12 basketball schedule and how I see and how my perspective of the status of K-State's basketball roster as we're here in late July and they're only, what, you know, three weeks away from going on their trip over to the Middle East. Um, so I, I think I'm going to kind of do a status check on my perspective of the roster as well. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a relatively short episode today. Um, be on the lookout. Like I said, I think we'll have at least three episodes this week, maybe even four, cranking up the numbers as we're getting ready. Because folks, we're we're insanely close to uh, to Blitz Month and going daily once again. Going to be talking to everyone who covers the Cats in preparation for the football season throughout August, as well as any sort of shows that pop up talking about the news. I'll have you know the overs and unders uh, show. I will give my predictions for the year. And, of course, if you haven't heard, if you haven't gone back and seen it in the RSS feed, the live shows are back. We are doing them on Skype. I will have the link out on Twitter. Um, so if you're active on Twitter or possibly X, I don't know what Elon Musk is calling it these days, um, just be on the lookout at Bosco's Boys. You will see the link uh, in the build-up to Wednesday. And then we'll be going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on uh, Zoom. I might have said Skype. It's Zoom. So get Zoom on your phone. Uh, you know, crack a Manhattan Brewing Company beer and sit down next to your laptop. That's where we will be going live every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Um, as long as participation is there, as long as people listen, that's what we will be doing. Before we get into the show, I talk about the Big 12 basketball schedule. Remember, we're sponsored by, I already mentioned, the Manhattan Brewing Company. I had someone tweet at me that they're in Manhattan. They were drinking a townie wheat in Manhattan, enjoying a summer evening in Manhattan, the happiest place in the world. And I tell you what, not everyone can make it to Manhattan. Not everyone can spend a Saturday evening in the Little Apple. But get a little bit of the Little Apple in your fridge. If your local liquor store does not carry Manhattan Brewing Company beer, I promise you, just be nice, 
Talk to whoever's up at the front. They'll talk to whoever uh, you know gets the status of their beers. I've I've talked to a handful of people who had stuff special ordered in for them to their liquor store. Just be nice. Get to know the folks working the counter, and hopefully you'll be able to get it in your local liquor store sooner than later. But make a pilgrimage out there. You know, there's still you know forty some days before football season really kicks off. Take a little day trip up to Manhattan, make a stop at the brewery, get a couple four-packs to go, get some crowlers to go. I promise you, your new favorite beer is waiting for you on tap at Manhattan Brewing Company. So this the, the way the Big 12 schedule is, and I, and I do think it's, it's kind of funny uh, that we haven't seen the entire non-con schedule released yet. Uh, we, did, we did hear that... Uh, I, I believe it is December 17th will be the game versus Nebraska. I believe that's a Sunday. Uh, I have it on pretty good authority. Case it's still trying to find one more kind of high major, uh, you know, power six type game in Bramlage Coliseum for a home game this year. Um, so there's only one game they're waiting on. We'll see if they can get it. Otherwise, it'll be another bye game. Um, but be on the lookout. I would imagine maybe before the end of this week, if not the end of this week, I think before August 1, um, we will see uh, the entire K-State schedule, non-con schedule at least. We'll, we don't have TV networks and we don't have dates for the Big 12 schedule, but we do know who we're playing where we're playing them home and away. So the the way they're doing this for this one year, hopefully it's only one year because sixteen or fourteen teams is the worst. Fourteen teams is the worst number to schedule football or basketball with, especially if you're only doing eighteen basketball games. Fourteen absolutely sucks. It is the worst, and I hate it. So how they set it up is you get five games home and away. Then you have four teams that you're home only, four teams that you're away only. John Rothstein, um, God, probably like a year ago at this point, uh, had some of the leaked uh, protected games. Uh, because, of course, when you look at the Big 12, there are some protected, some big-time rivalries that you need to be playing every single year, and this year wasn't going to be... Uh, any different. They were going to make sure that those games were played. Among them was K-State KU. And funny enough, Iowa State BYU. Now, the the funny thing is, and here's a spoiler alert, KU is not uh, hosting Iowa State. I I believe they're going to Iowa State. Um, Yep, they're going to Iowa State. And the funny thing is, and and I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about this and i think i've mentioned this on the show um if i haven't mentioned on the show I, i've mentioned it over at the 1012 network the flagship pod or the 1012 pod the flagship uh podcast of the 12 1012 uh, network um a, a great network that i'm very happy to be working with but jamie pollard wanted byu to be their protected game jamie pollard really wants some sort of protected rivalry going on with BYU. We'll see what happens moving forward um, beyond this year. Again, I I wish we had more clarity, but I think 
They're waiting because they're still pining for some Pac-12 schools. Some of the rumors about UConn, um, oh, I'm going to melt down. I'm going to melt down hard if we add UConn. Um, and I'm going to melt down. Actually, I'm not. I'm not going to melt down um, if we add UConn. I'm not going to melt down if we go back to 14 teams. But I really don't want it. I really don't want it. I hope we get to go to 12 teams. And I want to see how they set up the schedule and if they're going to publicize what's protected and what's not. Um, but Jamie Pollard wanted to protect BYU. I, I was telling this folks, you know, close to a year ago at this point. I don't know why, but th- but that's part of the reason why KU's not uh, bringing Iowa State into Allen Fieldhouse. But K-State KU, the Sunflower Showdown, is a protected game. It is one of, if not the most played games in all of college basketball. Uh, record keeping for basketball and the amount of times teams have played is not very good. Um because I, I, I've tried, I've tried to find this. I, I've tried to find like all-time series, the number of games, and all, all this type of stuff. But K-State KU is one of, if not the most played games in the history of college basketball. So um, beyond just hey, we want that game. It's our in-state game. It is one of the most historic games in all of college basketball. So that was one of the protected games. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is a protected game for the final year. Uh, I believe some of the other ones that were protected, Texas and Texas Tech. Um, But you you do have um, protected games, and then you go on the road. So K-State's five protected games, or not protected games, the five home and away games. These are the games we are playing on the road and at home. KU... Iowa State, BYU, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. First off, I I, I couldn't have uh, picked it much better. I wish we were going to get Oklahoma twice. Um, Again, Big 8 rivalry, Big 6. It goes back to the Big 6 with K-State and Oklahoma. And I I would like to play them as much as we can. We, We only get them once in basketball. We're not getting them in football unless we meet in Arlington. Um, so I would have liked to see that instead of, uh, you know, BYU or West Virginia. But if you look at it just purely at, okay, is this going to be difficult or is it not? KU is going to be picked number one in the Big 12. KU is probably going to be the number one team in the preseason AP poll. That is going to be tough. But I would venture a guess that BYU and West Virginia are going to be in the bottom five maybe even the bottom four, maybe even the bottom three uh, for basketball next year. Uh, All the drama surrounding the West Virginia basketball team, they were already depending on so many transfers coming in. They even saw some of them leave. They're having a first-time head coach uh, who is an Osborne, Kansas native, a K-State graduate leading them, and Josh Eiler, I'm glad he's getting to come to Manhattan, um, but you know they're not going to be great. Oklahoma State's going to get picked middle of the pack, um, but I'm not a believer in Boynton. I think this might be his last year. I think there's a chance he could get fired. And then Iowa State, we're going to see what happens. I mean, those were two uh, great games back and forth this past year, um, and, and I love playing them. And, and I think that the hype is there, and I think it's crossing over into basketball. 
Uh, and that's always been kind of a, a low-key kind of spicy game. Uh, but again, I don't think Iowa State's going to get picked in the top six. Uh, you know, it gunned to my head if I had to predict it. I would think it's going to be KU, Houston, Texas, Baylor, K-State. I think that's going to be your top five. I don't know who's going to be six. Um, I, I, I wouldn't guess it's going to be Iowa State, but it could. Um, all in all, a relatively easy draw when you're looking at home and away. Then you're home only. Baylor, UCF, Oklahoma, TCU. Again, the home slate is set up that you really need to go 8-1. and one. You know, I, I'm not going to say, hey, 9-0 and oh or bust or anything like that because, again, KU could be a preseason number one uh, type team. That is going to be a wild game. That is going to be another instant classic in Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to say, hey, you have to go 9-0. and oh. But you got a pretty good home draw. This is one that, hey, if you're worse than 7-2, and two, like, yes, I can see a scenario where you're 7-2 and two at home. But anything worse than that, if you're going 6-3 and three at home or, God forbid, 5-4 and four with that home slate, uh, things will not be going the way we want it to uh, this winter. Uh, it's a very doable game. Again, I'm happy we're going to get Oklahoma one more time. That Baylor game will be a marquee game. But again, if you're looking at like those marquee games of the four, I, I, again, I think K-State's going to get picked in the top five, I think. Um, I, I could be wrong. I could be off base there. But I think when you when when you're trying to line up, hey, who are, who would be the four biggest draws? What would be the four Houston and on the road to Texas? Uh, but you do get Baylor at home, and you're going home and away with KU. I mentioned it already. Uh, away only at Texas, at Texas Tech, which could be a spicy one. At Houston and at Cincinnati. Again. I think that is a much tougher draw. Uh, if you look at the away games, uh, you know, going to, uh, you know, BYU, you're having to play up in altitude, having to go all the way out to West Virginia, you're having to play Houston, having to play Texas, having to play Texas Tech. Uh, these are teams that don't lose at home, um, so it's going to be tough. And, and, and really, any schedule, any schedule. When you look at how the Big 12, uh, not prioritized, but but how the, the programs, how the universities, how the athletic departments in the Big 12 have treated basketball and the quality of conferences, there's, there, there is no way you could assemble a quote-unquote easy schedule. But it is weird, again, because uh, this is something Big 12 fans are going to have to get used to after, what, close, of, close to a decade of double round robin in basketball and round robin in football, having to really dissect the schedules and try to figure out, uh, you know, who 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 has the easier draw and all that type of stuff because it, it didn't used to be like this and it is just another uh, byproduct of uh, just a shitty number, <laughs> quite frankly, just a shitty number uh, in the school. So we'll have to wait uh, another year. To welcome Cincinnati and Houston to the Octagon of Doom. Uh, we will get BYU. And, and it will be interesting. Again, I, I it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to basketball season. 
Uh, and you got to think that after last year and kind of becoming a uh, you know the the nation's darling, America's sweetheart during that run, you got to think you're going to be seeing some more uh, marquee time slots, some sweetheart slots uh, on Saturdays, some big Mondays, uh, less games on ESPN Plus than last year. There will still be games. I mean, hell, folks forget you know the Case AKU game was on ESPN Plus. Uh, in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, so there's going to be, you know, our share of games on ESPN Plus, but I imagine you're going to see some more on ESPN, uh, ESPN 2. Uh, and I think you're going to get some good time slots. Now, what they perceive as good time slots and what I want, because uh, you guys know I hate those 8 o'clock games, although the weeknight 8 o'clock games do, do make it a little easier for me to try to get out there if I'm trying to go to the games. I think you're going to see some more of them. So let me know what you guys think about the schedule. I put it out on Twitter. Hey, what do you guys think? Uh, I think there's a little bit of disappointment in the home slate uh, because you're not getting Houston. You're not getting Texas. Uh, But at the end of the day, as we saw last year in uh, Big 12 play, you know, at one point, I think at one point all 10 teams were ranked at different points during last season. You never know who's going to end up being the marquee game and who's not. And ultimately... When you look at how season ticket sales have been going in basketball, folks, games are going to be a hot ticket in Bramlage. If, if if part of you were thinking, maybe maybe I want some season tickets, you better get up there fast on KStateSports.com because uh, I think there's less than 1,000 season tickets left. Uh, so I think the Octagon of Doom is truly going to be back. Is it going to be a game-in, game-out type of thing like it was in its peak? Probably not. I don't have enough faith in the students uh, to do it every single night. They, they brought it last year, uh, and, and they did a great job, uh, especially that there's like a three-game stretch where it was like having to turn folks away. So shout-out to the students. Um, but but it's going to be a hot ticket, and, and I can't wait to get back in Bramlage. So one more time, the schedule, both home and away, K-State has Kansas, Iowa State, BYU, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, home only Baylor, UCF, Oklahoma, TCU, and away only Cincinnati, Houston, Texas, and Texas Tech. So tweet at me at Scott Wildcat at Bosco's Boys. What is your perception of this schedule? What's your perception of the draw we got? What home games are you most excited for? Uh, and, and I'll be on the lookout. We'll, we'll talk about the non-conference schedule once it is released in full as well. Before we move on, a quick little spot pause right here. And we're back. Or maybe we didn't go anywhere. Um, something that I'm looking forward to is to see who kind of develops and who on this roster is going to be... Uh, you know, the next superstar, you know, the next superstar. And I think that when you look at this roster, you you can get super excited. You can get super excited about the starting five. But I think when you look at the depth, when when you try to find who's going to be that sixth and seventh and eighth contributor on this team, I think we're going to get a peek into Hopefully what Jerome Tang does just as good as he recruits. Um, And and we're going to get a piece of 
his coaching that we were we weren't able to see last year. And that's going to be how he develops blue chip freshmen and how he develops projects. Now before I dive deeper into that, uh you got to wonder, okay, which one of these guys is going to have the next iconic Charlie Hustle t-shirt? Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel both had super iconic t-shirts. I wear my Keontae Johnson shirt. I'm wearing it right now. I wear it around town. It is one of the best NIL shirts I have ever seen. Not only do they have those NIL shirts, so keep an eye out to support those K-State athletes, but they have the best officially licensed K-State gear around. Super comfortable, and it's not just that. They have all sorts of great Kansas City landmark stuff. The iconic... Casey Hart shirts in all these different colors, including purple, including lavender. Check out charliehustle.com today. And before you know it, folks, it will be crew next sweatshirt season. And again, I it's it's the most comfortable thing in the world. From September until May, basically for nine months out of the year, I am rocking my Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirts almost every single day. Almost every single day. When I'm not, I'm rocking the shirts. Crown Town, check them out if you're a baseball fan. Arrowhead Collection, Sporting Club Collection, if you're a fan of football or football as well. Um, so the only thing that is left to check off the box when it comes to Jerome Tang and what we think from his coaching, because we've seen him recruit the blue chip high school prospects. We've seen him bring in big-time college transfers and now win big time transfer uh recruiting battles we've seen him coach in game we've seen him load management we've seen how he goes through the hustle and bustle of a big 12 season the only question that is still out there is how he develops the projects and how quickly can he get blue chip type high school guys hitting the ground And we're going to need that. And there was a part of me coming into this season with the four spots to fill through the portal that I thought to myself, maybe we're not going to need to find that out. Maybe we're going to be able to find four instant impact guys, hit the ground running, and maybe you need... Uh, you know, one of your true freshmen to step up, one of your projects to step up, and instead of needing three. I think that on this team, you only have five guys who you're like, hey, I have zero doubt. I have no doubt what they can do for us, how they can help us go after a Big 12 championship. You know, the t-shirts they're wearing all in to go to the Final Four. Um, You have no doubt. And, And I think your starting five is going to be one of the top three or four starting fives in the Big 12. When you have Tyler Perry, when you have Cam Carter, when you have Kaluma, when you have Tomlin, then you have David Gasson, you have three guys who started almost every single game for you last year. Then you have two of the top 20 transfer portal guys uh, you know, coming into your squad, guys that are going to be, uh, you know, at that all Big 12 level, I don't know if they're going to be first team, but they're going to be good enough uh, to, to be at worst second or third team type guys. I think when you're looking at 
you know, one through five, no, you, you don't have Keontae Johnson, you don't have Marquise Noel, but you're going to have five guys that hopefully the, the three you're bringing back are better. Then you have two guys that make that drop-off not seem so big. Now, when you look beyond that, you lose almost all your role guys coming off the bench. You're losing Bebe Igiolo. You're missing Desi Sills. You know, Tyke Green was playing a lot of minutes. Ish Masood playing a lot of minutes. These guys are gone. And you're really looking at true freshmen and projects to fill that. Because as we're sitting here on the 23rd of July, and again, I could look stupid. I could look silly. This could be a scenario in which uh, folks can clip it and like laugh at me. But I don't see in the transfer port because it has to be grad transfers. Uh, there's a there's more guardrails up than there use than, than there was last year. I don't see two more instant impact type guys getting into the portal. Uh, if Drome Tang is going to fill the final two spots, I think they're going to be kind of project type guys. Something like an Anthony Thomas, uh, someone who I'm not going to pencil in and be like, all right, this guy is going to hit the ground running, come in, and be an instant impact guy. I don't think it's going to happen, but hey, uh, you know, when I was spazzing out about the transfer portal a couple months ago, uh, we got Arthur Kaluma, and he might be the best player on this team. So, I've been wrong, I'll be wrong again, but I'm going to work under that assumption. We're going to be able to see how guys like these blue chip guys, Michaela Britch, who's going to play, you know, that stretch four, maybe a little bit on the wing. Then you got RJ Jones and Day-Day Ames, who are going to be two guards. Now, besides those two, the only other true guard you have on your team is Dorian Finister. And the guy was a project. He played in like six games, didn't look great in either one of them. Um, and you know, you're going to have to depend on some real minutes from at least one of those guys, maybe even two of them. So you're going to have to really see the developmental chops on this coaching staff and see if they can get a project like Dorian Finister after one year, he didn't redshirt, but after a year, can he get up to speed and be a number three guard in the big 12? Can he be a guy who has to give you 20 minutes and 8 points in a uh, NCAA tournament game? We're going to be able to see the development with Dorian Finister. And also in a time where you see less and less true freshmen kind of take over games. You know, it, it is truly only the you know top 10 type guys who hit the ground running in college basketball these days. The days of seeing like Michael Beasley's, Kevin Durant, and even like a Zion probably are gone. Um, so what are you going to see from Day-Day Ames? What are you going to see from RJ? Are these going to be guys who can come in and fill a role? Or are they going to once again, is Jerome Tang going to once again exceed all of our wildest expectations and get one of these true freshmen uh, to play that number three guard role where they're playing 22 to 25 minutes, scoring seven to eight points a game, not turning the ball over, getting those assists, because we're at a point where you're going to need that from one of those three guards. And 
that was that's a scary proposition. Even coming into this offseason, Jerome Tang was saying, hey, he wanted another guard, and hey, we wanted another big man, which we're going to get there in a second. So I'm a little worried. Um, I, I've kind of come to the real, not realization, I've kind of, uh, can't, I, I'm working under the operation that, hey, these are the 11 guys we're going to rock with. And this is going to be good enough to be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, what I worry is, is it going to be good enough to sustain an injury? Is it going to be good enough on days where there's a quick whistle on Cam Carter? That I don't know. That I don't know. But the fun part about this Jerome Tang era, he's checked off every single box that's been put in front of him so far. Um, and the only one that was literally the only the only thing that I could come up with. The only thing that I could come up with, we're going to get that answer in year two right away. So it's going to be fun, and it's going to be the number one thing that I am keeping my ear to the ground now that they're practicing getting ready for that trip over to Israel and the UAE. It is going to be the number one thing I'm asking about trying to find out while they're overseas. And it's going to be the really the only thing I'm really worried about and trying to uh, ask folks about come the fall as they're preparing for this upcoming season. It really comes down to, hey, which of these guards are going to step up and be that depth piece? And honestly, <laughs> as much as we all kind of like, man, it would be nice to have Max Acemas. And, you know, hey, it would have been nice to have Joe Toussaint. You know, some of these guys that, hey, it was close. Yes, it would have been. But, folks... This roster, the 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 way he was a coach Tang has been able to put together this year two roster still blows any expectations I had out of the water, uh, you know, from this time last year. Um, so I have no doubt he's going to check those boxes. Um, they're just boxes I didn't think we were going to have to see checked because um, I thought they were going to grab a couple more guys in the portal. Looking at the big men again, Drell Colbert, another one of those projects. Again, he is a guy who uh, really he's only he, he plays one position. It's the five. Now, luckily, we saw last year uh, we saw Tomlin play a lot of time as the big man out on the floor uh, to get Desi Sills uh, into the starting lineup and get Desi Sills and Cam Carter both playing up over thirty minutes. So we know Tomlin can do it. So if Colbert is uh, you know behind schedule. If David Gasson gets hurt again, or hell, if one of these young guards between Finister, RJ, and Day Day, if one of those three guys surpass all of our expectations and wildest imaginations, we know that Tomlin can play down there. And we can play kind of a little bit more athletic and bring David Gasson off the bench. Uh, but we get to see that, that project with Tomlin. We get to see that project with Taj Manning, who there's a lot of hype around. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of excitement around Taj Manning because some different quotes from different folks uh, last spring surrounding Taj Manning. And we're going to be able to see what he can do. You know, I think he's probably going to be a guy who can play kind of like a bigger three, play that stretch four type stuff. I think he's going to be a guy who. If he lives up to some of the hype that's surrounding him, he's going to be the guy who comes off the bench when Tomlin needs a blow, when uh, Kaluma, Arthur Kaluma, need to you know take a step out because you know these guys aren't going to be forty minute a night players, uh, at least not every night. 
And that's the role Taj Manning's going to have to fill. And we're going to get to see uh, the development. And, and, and that's what's exciting. You have three guys, for the most part, took a redshirt season. Again, Dorian played six games. He's not getting a redshirt unless they're able to conjure up some wild, uh, you know, ruling. Uh, but you have three guys, for the most part, didn't play at all last year, full-on projects. And then you have three blue-chip guys coming in to support that established starting five. Um it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, there's folks who are you know flying over to Israel. There's Wildcats over in Israel and the UAE that are going to see these games played. It'll be interesting if we can get some box scores. Um, but I'm excited for this basketball season, and, and, and I'm sure you guys are as well. That's really all I wanted to touch on today. Again, uh, we're going to see probably at least three episodes this week. Um, including the live show. Uh, there's a couple things up in the air. I'm not going to say it because, you know, there, there's a handful of times I say something and then it falls through. Uh, but we're going to have at least three shows this week, maybe even four, as we're getting closer to Blitz Month where we're going to have a show every single weekday, five shows a week all the way through, at least through football season, maybe through the end of the year. Shout out to Charlie Hustle. I'm rocking my Keontae Johnson t-shirt right now. They have all sorts of great stuff. Even if you, you have a loved one or a friend uh, that isn't a K-State fan, they have all sorts of officially licensed college gear as well. That's the only stuff I'm rocking. It's the only stuff I'm rocking. I love Charlie Hustle. And after this, I'm going to crack open an ice-cold towny wheat from Manhattan Brewing Company. The best wheat beer I've ever had. And that says a lot coming from the Kansas City area. Uh, every great night, summer night, begins with an ice-cold Manhattan Brewing Company beer. Charlie Hustle, vintage made, fresh. Check them out. Going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Zoom. Make sure you find that link on our Twitter account. Hashtag RIP Frederick. All right, that's all we have, folks. Uh, shout out to Chauncey, the best dog in the world. I brought him back home to me in Shawnee two years ago today. He's the best dog in the world. Uh, that's two years down, hopefully 20 more to go. Uh, he's the best dog in the world. Shout out to all the friends and family. Shout out to all the Bonehead Nation. Shout out even to the losers and haters, of which there are many. That is all we have. We love you guys, and go Cats. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater. From sea to sea.
Network.